40 years, so it makes me feel so old. Do you like my handbag? Hey! I decided to do an Ali Rothwell and, and bring you an illustration for my talk. Uh, and it's Fortnum and Mason, so only the best will do for you guys. What have we got in here? I've got my Bible first of all, that's pretty important. Uh, great, I just need to see if I can find my notes in it. Yep. What else? Specs, very important, otherwise I can't read my notes. Right. Oh, look at that. Big chain. We're going to be talking about breaking chains today. This was the biggest one I could find. Uh, my son, Yeyan, uses this to chain up his bike to lampposts so people don't nick it. I think probably the chain is more valuable than his bike. I used to kind of imagine thieves coming along and chopping the bike up so they could take the chain. Uh, but there's that. We've lost the lock for it, unfortunately, because it'd be rather fun to get a volunteer. I think we could volunteer Dave Gregg, couldn't we? Um, get a volunteer and we could chain him to a lamppost outside and we could come back next week and see if he'd managed to get away. Uh, but can't find the lock. All right, and what else? Got another little chain here. I'm not going to try and break this one because it belongs to my wife. She'd be annoyed. Uh, that's just a tiny one. But you know, if instead of chaining you to the lamppost with that, I was to get your little fingers and I was to wrap this round and round and round, I think you'd probably be quite stuck. Sometimes it's the little sins that entangle us, isn't it? They don't seem very important at the time. We think God hardly noticed that one. But the next time it comes along and you slip up again, and then you slip up again, and that little thing is wrapping itself around you, yeah? You hardly notice it until you really listen to God and he says, let go of that and you realize that you've got a problem. That little thing has got hold of you. It might be something like something that you just see on the internet and you just see it for a minute. You let your eyes wander and stay there where, they, where it shouldn't be. And it's just a little thing and it goes. But you do it again and again. And before you know it, it's got you. And it's something that's really hard to get free of. So we're going to be looking at breaking chains today. I want to say, first of all, as we talk about breaking chains, it would be easy to make this morning so that we all come away feeling terrible and bound. Yes. Jesus Christ came and said that... There is, no, there, there is no condemnation. I did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Paul says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when that lady who was caught in adultery uh, was, was in front of Jesus, and they were going to stone her, 
Jesus lets her go, doesn't he? He was the only person there who really had the authority to, to punish her, but there's no condemnation in him. There's no punishment. But he does, as she's walking away, says, he says, go, sin no more, doesn't he? Yeah? So this morning, as we're looking at this thing, we, we're before a God who loves us and understands us and is incredibly patient with us. And, and as we look at these things that entangle us, we don't want to come away with condemnation because whatever we're like, whatever stage we're at in life, he loves us totally and passionately, doesn't he? Yeah? He's 100% committed to walking with you through life, solving the issues with you that you have, and helping you break free. So we don't come with any condemnation. We know that he's a God who is able to save us and deliver us. Um, and another thing we have to say uh, right at the outset is that I have been through this, so I'm not just lecturing you from here. I have had times in my life when I let that little thing tangle me up terribly. And because I was in a bad place and I was tied up, I made some decisions about things that meant that I got even deeper into mire and muck and stuff that sucked me down. Um, there came a point where I made a decision to break free of those things with God's help and I had to make some big changes in my life, but I made them and God rescued me out of all that stuff and put me on a firm footing in him. There is salvation and there's rescue in Jesus Christ and it's a great message. And to be honest, to start with, I think it's important that we just focus on freedom in Christ because that's really what the message is, isn't it? It's not about breaking chains. It's we're free in Jesus. All this stuff does not hold us tight anymore. We can be who God's called us to be in his strength. And that's incredibly exciting. The enemy comes and he likes to remind us about the chains. He comes to you and says, you're weak, you've sinned again, you've messed up again, you're never going to make it. He says, he says, you're a bit of a hypocrite, aren't you? I think you should probably not go to church today because you're going to sit there looking like you're pretending to be something which you're not because you messed up again. That's the voice of the enemy. And we're not going to hear that this morning, are we? We're going to hear the voice of God that says, I chose you because I loved you like nobody knows. Yeah? And he's committed to you 100% to making you a success in this life and in the next. And he's going to walk beside you through it like an incredible supernatural helper to make you be the kind of person that God wants you to be. Yeah? Great. So I'm splitting it into three kind of things. And we're going to look first of all at, at the past, at the power of sin, and how in the past it's totally defeated through what Christ did. Yeah? Could you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1? Ephesians 2, 
verse 1. Okay, here we go. Paul says, All of us also lived amongst the disobedient at one time. He's talking to us, right? All of us. We used to live amongst the people of disobedience once. And we're like them, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, of God's anger. In the NIV, it's got a wonderful but then, yeah? We were all dead. It's really important to realize that before you came to Christ, you were totally dead. You were worthless. You were useless. You had nothing in you that pleased God, even if you were quite a good person. You were just, the Bible's version of, the Bible's description of you is dead. And then this but comes. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, hallelujah. There isn't a day goes by that I don't thank God for his mercy, yeah? God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's not you that decided to sort of follow him. He came and grabbed you when you were totally lost, Yeah? And made you alive with Christ when you were dead in transgressions. Just to make it clear, he says, it is by grace, by God's undeserved favor, that you have been saved. And there's more, because God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, it just gets better and better this, in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us. Isn't that a fantastic passage? Do you love that? You just read it again and again and it just if your spirit's linking into that, it, it can blow your mind that. It really can. It's, it's amazing. If we were an American congregation, I'd be saying, can I have an amen? amen? Yeah? Can I have a hallelujah? Yeah? It's amazing, this truth. Yeah? He raised us up and seated us far above all things. You're facing some chains, perhaps. But he seated you far above all things in him. Hallelujah. Charles Wesley, many years ago, put, this, put it like this in, his, in a hymn. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Fantastic. That's our past, yeah? We came into a living, dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ, and 
Everything changes at that moment. He brings us into this fantastic freedom in him. Isn't that, we'd just stop and sing the hymn, couldn't we? <laughs> uh, brilliant. God is so good. It's a blood-bought freedom. No condemnation, he goes on to say. Now I dread Jesus and all in him is mine. So we're not bound by sin. We left it behind. It's lost its power over us. Yeah? Without him, sin just grabs its scaly little hands around you and drags you down into the mess. There was no escape except in Jesus Christ and out of his grace. He chose you and hauled you right out of all that stuff and seated you right up with Jesus Christ, like his mate, like his friend, in heavenly places with him. You're the child of a king now, yeah? Everything has changed. And you have, because you've got the Holy Spirit in you and in me, we've got an instinct to do the right thing now, yes? Before, gone in those supermarket trolleys where one of the wheels is skew, yeah? And no matter how straight you try and drive the thing, it's always sort of pulling to one side. And without Christ, we're like that. No matter what we do, we're always pulled into doing the wrong thing. We've got a bad nature. But when he came, changed you completely, recreated you, you become somebody that's got this indwelling spirit that prompts you to do what's right. You know, you know what's right to do in situations because this dynamic supernatural power is inside you, yeah? Hallelujah. And if only it was so simple at this point in the present that we would find ourselves unable to sin anymore. Wouldn't that be lovely? If you could have no more bad thoughts, nothing, you're just sort of perfect, uh, and, and the battle was kind of over. But it's not quite that simple, is it? Because we've got a battle to face in living out the truth of what God has done in, in the past. We've got a battle in our mind because we're used to the old ways of thinking. When you become a Christian, you can have some, your mind doesn't instantly change, your thinking doesn't completely convert, yeah? You've got some things to unlearn from the past, yeah? And it takes time. Your flesh, it talks about before in the verse that we read in Ephesians, before, we used to live amongst people who were, and we were the same, in that we're just used to gratifying the desires of our flesh. In, in the Bible, flesh means basically anything that's not spirit. We're used to just thinking, what do I want to do? I feel like doing this, and we do it. And we're gratifying the, our own feelings, our own thoughts, our own desires all the time. We've got to unlearn that. And get used to listening to the Spirit's voice, okay? And we've got to get rid sometimes of, of past issues. People can have, for instance, a terrible childhood, and they become Christians, and they've still got a load of hang-ups about the terrible things that have happened to them, yeah? We come with a lot of baggage sometimes into the kingdom of God. 
And we mustn't think, I mean, it does for, for some people, the moment they go through the water of baptism, perhaps, it's instant. There's a complete, instant change in people. But not for everybody. Some people have got some real hang-ups that we have to deal with. So, so that's a battle. Uh, we live in a fallen world. Around us, there's so much that is not of God in the media and so on, constantly pressing in on us. It's a constant battle to remember who we are, isn't it? And to live right for him. Uh, and, and also, we've got an enemy following us around, sticking his foot out all the time to try and get us to trip. So we need to be constantly on the alert to make sure. Yeah, he comes along. You're sort of tripping along nicely to church. Sunday morning, full of praise, and a, a demonic foot comes out. And you go flying. Somebody said something to you as you came in. And, and you got a battle. So it is a battle. But it's a battle that we are going to win in him, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We're not going to let the enemy get away with stuff. We're going to change. We're going to line ourselves up. We're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind to bring ourselves into the freedom that he bought for us on the cross. There's a great verse uh, in Galatians. This is Galatians 5.1. And Paul says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Because he had found in Galatia some people who had been set free, but they were letting themselves get tangled up in stuff again. He comes and says, It was for freedom that Christ set you free. His plan, his destiny for every one of us is an amazing life of freedom. Some versions muddle this up and they've got different words in there, like liberty and so on. But in the Greek, it just says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. So don't get tangled up again like a slave. And the word really means somebody that's been set free from the chains of slavery and they're now living free. And that's God's destiny, his plan for us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This morning... God wants you to be free. Let's just think about some things that we can be free from. God wants you to be free from guilt. I'm sure every one of us can look back over some particularly nasty bits of your life that you'd rather forget. Some things he said, some things he did. But those things need to be buried in the past. They need to be forgotten. Isn't it amazing that God forgets? He forgets our sin. He doesn't remember it anymore. He leaves it in the past completely. And we need to do the same. We are called to be free from guilt. We're free from the fear of God's wrath, God's anger. We know that God can't stand sin. So if we were to come as sinful people into his presence... We just disintegrate because his bright light on our little bit of darkness would just melt us. We just can't exist in that. And some people live in tremendous fear 
of, of God's judgment, God's sort of condemnation on them. You can still be tied up with that fear. God wants to set you free from that. Hallelujah, we're free from the power of the enemy. The enemy will come and try and trip us up, but he's got no power over us. It's all trickery. He makes you think you have to sin. You've just got to say that aggressive thing to somebody to get it off your chest, yeah? You've just got to, whatever he's calling, whatever you hear that voice prompting you to do, it's got no power over you. Jesus Christ came to bring you freedom from that. I like that he's come to give us freedom from futility. I look at non-Christian people and the energy they put into making their lives go round and round in circles, getting nowhere. The, the pointlessness of so much of it. Um, how awesome that you and I, we're free from that. We've got a purpose and a plan. It's a great testimony, you know, to tell people that. People that haven't got any purpose or reason, they think that the beautiful sunset is a pure coincidence of nature, yeah? But we can say, Lord, you did that. I look at things in my work when it's all going pear-shaped, and, and I just see the Lord sort of bringing this and making that person talk to me, and I see so many things there that daily make me think, oh, thank you, God, that happened. Yeah? All, all the futility has gone from our life. We're free in a wonderful way because everything has purpose and meaning. Isn't it? That's wonderful, isn't it? It's awesome. Um, freedom from selfishness and self-centeredness. Good to be free of that. He's freed us to live for other people. And isn't it, an, it's an absolute joy that, isn't it? To serve other people because the Holy Spirit's prompting us to do that. And we come into a great freedom when we're doing his will and we're blessing other people. It's what we were called to do. And really the point of this verse, if we look at the context, is to free us from a kind of legalism that says, you have to obey these rules in order to please God. You have to follow these steps, like the Jehovah's Witnesses. You have to go out and witness, or, you know, it's a big black mark against your, your life. Uh, we've come into freedom. We've come into grace. Yeah? That's an awesome thing. Don't let yourself be tangled up again into thinking that, that you have to tick this box and tick that box. You have to go to church. We come to church because we come to gather together because we love him, don't we? We love to worship. The moment you think, I really ought to go, well, actually, you should come whether you ought to go or not because you'll find the, you, the Holy Spirit will meet you here. And the number of times I've not felt like going to a meeting and, <laughs> and it's just the enemy saying, you're tired, you're too tired, you know, but you come and find life. Hallelujah. We're freed, though, from legalism. We're into a wonderful new thing where we have a relationship with a living God who wants to get involved in our life and walk through our life with us, yeah, and, and bring us freedom from things. Hallelujah. How are we doing for time? I'm 
going to skip a really exciting bit. So there. Uh, <laughs> if you just look back on a, a, a few verses in the previous chapter, chapter 4 of Galatians, you'll find a bit where we're described as children of promise. And that just blessed my socks off, yeah? The, have I got socks? Yeah, they're still on. Um, we're children of promise, not just promising children, not just that God's got some hope that we might survive in the end, yeah? We are children of promise, and God chose us with so much lined up to bless us with. Hallelujah. But we can't spend too much time on that. We're going to press on just quickly to see the future of walking without sin. All right. Um, Let's just say, first of all, what, what does a chain look like in your life? And I think the answer to that is, is this. Do you remember in the wedding at Cana of Galilee, and, and Jesus' mother comes to him and say, to Jesus and says, uh, they've run out of wine, Jesus. And he kind of is a bit, we'd say rude, although he was never rude, but abrupt. And he just says, woman, it's, it's not my time to do any miracles yet. Just, you know, it's not my problem. And, and Mary just wonderfully, totally ignores that. Doesn't, you know, she's just used to dealing with Jesus. <laughs> and she just says, whatever he says to you, do it. All right? Now, a chain, whether it's a biggie or whether it's a small one, is anything in your life that makes you not do what that voice is telling you to do. Yeah? Of course, we all get it wrong sometimes, don't we? We miss that opportunity when we hear a voice and we do our own thing instead. But we're really talking about something that just constantly blocks the Holy Spirit from being able to use you in the way he wants to. Okay? And I think if we have a look in our own lives... We might find some stuff that we need to deal with. We sing a lot about breaking chains in our songs. And in fact, back at the beginning of the year, uh, that's what started me thinking about it because we sang a couple of songs. I think it was the prayer meeting on the first prayer meeting that we had in January about breaking every chain and so on. And I thought, looking around the room, I wonder what testimonies there are of people who have had chains that broke yeah? And I also thought, and I had to examine myself, I hope I'm not just singing about breaking chains, la, 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 when actually <laughs> the Holy Spirit is looking at my chains thinking, you ain't broke that yet, mate. You know, we don't want to lie to the Holy Spirit. We don't want to pretend something, sing a pretty song, but it's not real. I have been through times in my life when I've had to stop singing Because it mentioned the Lordship of Christ. And he wasn't. And I couldn't. Yeah? But how terrible to think about breaking chains if we've still got chains holding us. But, hallelujah, in him, we can be completely free. Because he does break every chain. Amen, indeed. All right. Here are some chains. It may not apply to you. Some of them are biggie, obvious ones, and some of them are those little ones that hold your little pinky fingers together and tangle you up. And you mustn't be condemned. They're just things that you have to deal with, yeah? So the obvious ones are things like 
overuse of alcohol, or drugs, we hardly have to say, or gambling, or smoking, all those things, they don't keep you out of heaven. And there are some great Christians who are still weak in those areas. But you don't want to get yourself into a situation with some mind-altering substance or liquid that's going to mean that you're incapable of, of glorifying and blessing God for that hour or so or whatever, however long it lasts. I've never been drunk, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so I can't tell you. But um, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be in a situation where you wake up in the morning and think, what in the world did I do last night? Because the Holy Spirit remembers, yeah? You don't want to ever get yourself into a situation. It's hard enough listening to the Holy Spirit and getting it right. When you're sober, you don't want to be putting stuff into your head that's going to make it harder to do the right thing, do you? Just don't. Just be... You can drink a glass of wine, fine. But just don't, don't, don't. And it's a little pinky thing, isn't it? Because you drink one glass and you're fine. And, you drink another one. and before you know it, you're in a situation where you can't settle of an evening without several glasses of wine. And it's got you. So be careful. Smoking's, why put a load of gunk into your body that's a temple of the Holy Spirit? Perhaps you feel you have to. Jeff's got a wonderful testimony of just instantly getting free from that. And today, if that's holding you, you can be instantly free from that. You just don't want to, apart from the money that you're spending on that. But here's some more sort of insidious and quiet little chainy things. Being shy can be a real chain, can't it? I know this because I am. And the number of times the Holy Spirit said to me, go and talk to that complete stranger and do it now, and I've said, but I'm shy. Uh, so I'll get May to talk to them instead, because she's not. But I'm missing out. Sometimes God gives you a great big gift. You're like a little kid, and he comes with this great big gift. Here's a gift for mummy, yeah? Go and give it to mummy. And the little kid unwraps it straight away because they want it for themselves, yeah? Little kids do that. God comes along, and he says, here's something I want you to share with that person, and you're a bit shy, so you don't. You just keep the gift to yourself. And God's thinking, not again. Get over it. Be broken free. God didn't create you a shy person. He created you quite extraordinarily overconfident, yeah? Just, just go and be that person. Just break through the chains of shyness because God will use you then. In fact, I think God tends to pick the shy people because he wants to deal with those things, yeah? And, and, he, and he will. Get up the front if God gives you something to share. Don't miss the opportunity because each time you don't go up there, it's going to be harder the next time, isn't it? Yeah? Get up there, break those chains. Um, guilt. God really wants to break the chain of guilt. If you feel guilty and bad constantly before God, it's probably the Holy Spirit speaking to you saying, get rid of that in your life. But if it's stuff that you've done loads a long time ago, don't let it hold you now. You can think, I'm a worthless Christian. This, this isn't working. I can't do it. I'm, I'm really messed up. God will never use me because of that 
chaos that I caused back there, those people that I hurt. I made some really, really bad mistakes in my life that hurt a lot of people, but it's God's problem now. I have repented, yeah? And it's all in the past. Those chains don't hold me anymore. Hallelujah. That's what he's calling us to, freedom from that. Um, addictive behavior. Like, I, th- I think this happens a lot when, when we've gone through tough stuff in our life, when we haven't perhaps been loved enough at some stage in our life, we can end up compensating for that, can't we? By, by just loving ourselves, by eating too much or spending money in a particular way it's when there's no money to be spent, perhaps. We end up doing some of those things, loving ourselves sexually, perhaps. You know, you end up loving yourself in this area to compensate for the justifiable sort of terrible things that people have done to you. But then when God fixes the terrible things and rescues you and brings you into the kingdom and so on, you can still think you've got that sort of built in, you're hardwired then to think, I need to eat something when you don't, yeah? You, you can be free of that kind of addiction now. God wants you to start again so that, so that you're listening to him all the time. Do I really need to spend this? We went round the bed shop yesterday, found a very nice bed and nearly spent £1,000 <coughs> buying a new bed. And, and, but we didn't need a new bed, did we, dear? And so we, we were able to just walk out and not buy the new bed. That many pounds saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Watch out for the, the pleasure it is to spend sometimes when the Holy Spirit's not in it and you can't quite afford it. Don't get yourself tangled up in that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, oh, selfishness can be a real bind on us sometimes because God's called us into fellowship together We are not an individual. We are church together, aren't we? We are the community church. God's put you. He's built you in here. You're a brick in the building. You're not a brick lying on the building site sort of outside on your own. We're all part of this. We're all together. We're one. And he wants us not to consider our own life anymore, but to live for others and live for him. Yeah? So watch out for that and listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Anger is another thing that can just tangle us up, can't it? Some people, are not, they just don't do anger, but other people, it's very easy. I've got one area of weakness. I don't usually get angry with anything except computers. But computers can bring out of me language that shouldn't be there and that's something I've got to deal with because anger is a real bad one in in Christian things. It's terrible in a marriage where somebody's prone to having that binding on them that when somebody says one thing, you instantly retort with something that's a bit angrier and a bit meaner, yeah? That's a terrible chain to be thrashing around at people with. So watch out for that. Be angry, but do not sin. Keep it under control, yeah? Okay. So all these chains can actually feel a bit like freedom in disguise because it kind of gives you a good feeling when you sort of let the chain hold you tight. But 
you can be free of it. I'm going to give you very quickly, because the time has gone, things you need to do. Number one, C, is confess. You must confess before God that you're a sinner. If something's holding you tight, you must confess, you must drop it, yeah? But it's really good to confess to other people too. Don't wear a big pretend mask that you're okay in an area. It's much better. Just pick somebody intelligently, somebody who's a close friend, somebody else who's been through it. Just tell them, and you will find that in the sharing of it, there's a breaking of that chain, yeah? I've got two R's. You can choose which one you want to keep, yeah? So we've got a C, we've got an R. The R is repent, obviously. You must say sorry, but not just say sorry, but repent, which means turn around, go in a different... I'm not going to let this thing hold me anymore, yeah? Make that decision, make it before God, and resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. That's scripture, it's real. You can just say, you can just resist the enemy, you can say, that has no longer got any power over me, I'm a child of the king. Resist him, and he will flee. Use the Lord's name in its power. All right. O is others. You're not going to be able to fight on your own many chains. You're going to need to have somebody standing with you and helping you. All right? So, yeah, choose somebody wisely, but get somebody to stand with you if you mean business with getting rid of things. Um, all right. S for spirit. There is power in the Spirit of God. Praying in tongues and worshipping will really make it a lot easier for you to break a chain, yeah? Heard of Jackie Pullinger in uh, her work in Hong Kong with drug addicts, and she got, when they became Christians, these drug addicts, she'd get them to pray in tongues constantly, and there was a breaking in it. So when you feel the urge to do something what you didn't ought to do, begin praying in tongues and begin worshipping. And when you get yourself into that position, you'll find that uh, it's a lot easier to break free. There's another S, and that's surrender. He's Lord. He is Lord. So, that above everything, I just lay my life down and say, you're Lord, you call the shots in my life, and I'm not going to do this anymore. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're waiting on the Lord, if you surrender to him, it will be easier for you. There's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin, I used to sing in Sunday school. There's a door that is open and you may go in. At Calvary's cross is where you go in when you come as a sinner to Jesus. Those letters that I've given you, C-R-O-S-S, -S, it's about the cross, it's about dying to yourself and living for him. And I'm just going to close with a couple of Bible readings which are just wonderful. So Romans 6, 11 says this. Romans 6, 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. 
Don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. There's an idea for a quiet time, isn't there? Just go through, offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Hallelujah. All right. Finishing. I've missed a bit, which has got five steps, but if you're struggling with something, come and talk to me, and I will give you five steps as well for getting free of things. But let's just finish with this Psalm 107. Verse 10 and then 13 to 16. Psalm 107. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. Verse 13. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the iron bars. Hallelujah. What a great God we serve. Let's line our lives up with everything he wants to do in us, yes? And not be bound or held back by anything. Amen? Thank you.